0: October 12, 2012. This week, we have a very special late-night edition of the show for you, so let's get right to it, shall we? Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. Feels so weird.
1: Yeah. We don't do this at 1 o'clock in the morning very often.
0: No. Yeah, no, I could finally say good morning for real, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, dear listener, it's quarter of 1 a.m., early, early Wednesday morning, which is about 10 hours before we usually record on a good day. Yeah. Because I am heading to the Caribbean tomorrow. So I'm jealous. Yeah, you should be. It's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> it's super nice down there. It'll be like eighty nine and like crazy sunsets and maybe a heavy thunderstorm in the afternoon.
1: Oh nice. A little good thunderstorm.
0: Right. Yep. Hotel, especially
1: especially on the beach.
0: Yep, Hotels right on the beach. It's going to be, it's going to be money living large. Actually, it's a business trip, but Eric is coming with me. So it feels like a mini vacation. Right. And it's weird. We have the, uh, like this feels triple weird because normally, you know, we've got at least on my end of the microphone, I've got the, uh, you know, crazy dogs and you know, two year old running around upstairs and Monster Vac and everything else, but now it's like the dogs and Cooper are at grandma's house. So, it's so the like, house
1: is very quiet. It's eerie. Yeah, Kira's Kira's gone this week, so I'm it's I've had my I'm like you know, normally she's gone to school during the day and it's not that big a deal and what have you, but then I've just I've had moments where I, like, everything in the house just stops. It's like, it's so quiet. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was just saying to Erica, I'm like, it's, you know, Cooper, sleep, you know, he's two. He still sleeps a lot. So, like, he'll do a, he'll do, like, a solid three-hour nap, four-hour nap in the middle of the day. And then he'll do, yeah, like, yeah, he goes to bed. At like, he's going to bed a little later now, but, you know, eight thirty nine, 9. And he sleeps, like, I don't know, until seven or eight the next day. So he'll sleep like 10. So you, you're walking around the house a lot with no two-year-old. Right. But the dogs are never-ending.
1: Yeah, well, even even when your kid, like, even when they're asleep, there's still, there's, like, that presence there.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. But I just, feel the... Just
1: knowing they're in the next room.
0: Right. But I feel the absence of the dogs much more than the absence of the kid. Yeah. Because, like, the dogs, every time you open the refrigerator, it's like, here come two dogs. <laughs> yeah. You know, they yeah, never like sleep. Like you
1: like you like rustle some plastic. And it's like, <laughs> food, food? Like, <laughs> no, I just picked up a pack of index cards. <laughs>
0: oh, I, I love index cards.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's super weird. And I'm like on my third beer, so all all the gloves are off.
1: <laughs> I'm a little jealous. <laughs> I d I don't think my I'm feeling much better than I did last week, but I still wouldn't wouldn't trust my stomach to alcohol at this point.
0: Right. Well, I, apparently Kira didn't get sick. No. That's great. That would have been bad.
1: Yeah, that would have, that would have sucked.
0: <laughs> How long has she been gone?
1: Uh, she'll be back about 3 o'clock in the morning on Friday.
0: Hmm. So, do I mean you, do you hear from her when? Like, what's the Oh uh, yeah,
1: no, or... she's, actually, she's got a cell phone, so hmm. she calls in the evening and I occasionally get um occasionally getting text messages from her when, like when they're on the bus.
0: Right. Yeah. You got the jitterbug thing.
1: Uh, actually it's just a, just a track phone.
0: Yeah. So, well, I know that, uh, I know that we've got some, like, we've got some double bug report action this week. Yeah, which is pretty exciting. It's been some weeks we haven't had bug report, but I I have a juicy one.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm interested in hearing yours. Mine mm. is extremely minor.
0: Let's, let's start with what's what was yours.
1: Okay, yeah, we'll get the, get a little one out of the way first. <laughs> I was I was playing around with some JavaScript earlier, and just a few minutes ago, actually, while I was waiting on you to get back, and the the um, jQuery's on method where you can use you know for event bindings like on click on touch end on things like that. Right. I was you know, normally when you're, when you're binding to multiple events, you can, you could just throw, just throw all the events in the same, um, you know, in the same, same method call. Mm-hmm. You could just do like on click space, comma, mouse up, comma, you know, whatever. Mm. And apparently that does not work with touch events. Like you can't, you can't like, I, I couldn't put, I couldn't put mouse up and touch end in the same method call. Really? Yeah. Like the the mouse up would work, but the touch in would not work. Hmm. And I mean, I, I separate them out into like into two, into two method calls and it works fine. Wow. But I, I couldn't put, yeah, I couldn't put the touch event and, and the regular events in the same method.
0: Huh. That's funny. I've never, I have two reasons why I never would have encountered that one is that I almost always when I'm handling touch events I almost always branch my code right at the beginning and and say if this if touch is supported I'm gonna do all this other stuff and then just like prevent default on click. yeah I'm, I'm totally oversimplifying that but basically and then if, if touch isn't there then everything is like click. I almost never listen to like t- like mouse Both. up yeah. or something like that. why are you listening to mouse up?
1: Um, mostly I was just, I was just playing around, like doing some experimenting on, on a slider. Hmm.
0: I gotcha. Interesting. Huh. And so, so you just split them out. Yeah. Is it commas? Cause I didn't think like my, uh, mental, it's been, a, I don't usually use, the other thing is I don't usually use jQuery to bind to touch events. I usually just do it directly. Right. So I don't. So the syntax isn't burned into my brain, but it it's comma separated. Yeah, because I thought it was just space separated.
1: Um, I know for selectors, is selectors is comma separated? So
0: it would have yeah, to I be for selectors. I just
1: assumed it was for events.
0: Right. It would have to be for selectors because space separation is part of a selector chain. hmm But I would have sworn that that there was no comma in the in the. Of in i i know what you mean like the syntax seems like it should be the same but i have a feeling it's it's space separated because there's no way to to i don't i don't, I don't know how to describe it but like path into yeah. an event they're all like top level
1: yeah maybe i'm um, maybe i'm just doing it wrong then
0: i mean i wonder if that's a if it's the comma yeah. let,
1: me, let me check it here real quick while you're
0: while i'm having my beer yeah <laughs> and sausages
1: <laughs> beer and sausages
0: well, it's actually turkey rooney, but I'm I'm gonna pretend.
1: I'm gonna pretend, pretend you're at um Octoberfest or something.
0: Exactly. I had my first beer tonight it was a delicious Polliner, which brought me back to my days in Atlanta when I had a friend who just loved Polliner.
1: I'm not much of a like. I'll have the occasional, the occasional glass of wine, but I'm not much of a beer drinker. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but... hey, you're right.
0: What do you know? I earned totally my right. pay. I earned my pay tonight.
1: Earned your pay. Okay, so my bug report was not a bug. It was just like me being an idiot.
0: Well, that's what all the bugs <laughs> are, right?
1: <laughs> Basically. Yeah. It's just I mean, you know, I mean, I, d- I don't normally bind to multiple like the same thing to multiple events. So, right. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's not something I do often.
0: Well, that's good to know, though. So. It, yeah.
1: So the syntax is apparently different there between the two.
0: Yep. Yeah. I only remember that the only and the only. I'll tell you exactly why I remember that. I shouldn't even know that. But in my in one of the iPhone or Android books, there was a, a problem with the code that I wrote. Um, with the I didn't handle I didn't trap for a ghost click issue. So in this it was the Android books in the second edition. I I fixed it. By just, you know, going space <laughs> click, <laughs> <laughs> just like. you know, and it was like, cause the thing is when you write a book, if you change one little piece of code, you have to change it in 10,000 places, you know, mm, yeah. you get to change it in the example on the page. And then there's probably like a full example later in the book. So you have to make sure to change it there. And then you have to change it in the example files that you have you know sprinkled all over the internet and then you have to change it in the online version of the book and the pub version of the book like every little (laughs) code change (laughs) is this cascading disaster yeah and then never mind regular human error because i'm you know somebody okay you go update the the epub and i'll update this and then we'll push it to the server and the magic will happen you know it's it's crazy So I remember that because I was like, thank God I didn't have to change that whole example. I just added a space, one word. And I was like, I don't remember a comma there. I hope that, and that's what I was like in the back of my mind. I was like, oh my God, is that, is it wrong? (laughs) Did (laughs) did I forget the comma? So that, so I have an errata, like errata spasm when you said that. Sorry, sorry to put you through that no I, it's a, the the sense of relief I'm having right now is giving me chills <laughs> <laughs> so so okay, so I've got a hilarious bug report, right so okay the other day we had this' is my mother's birthday this week, so we got together <clears throat> for breakfast at my brother's house and and the timing it was ill timed so that we got there like literally as we were driving. Down his street, Cooper passed out in the car. Like, and like, when they, you can see when they go down hard, he was not going to wake up.
1: Yeah. And then if you do wake him up, you're paying for it for the rest of the day. Oh, yeah.
0: And like, he's going to come in the house. He's got, you know, three cousins and they're all like a little bit older. It would have been a complete, complete disaster. Yeah. So. Eric, so we pulled up in front and Erica went in because my sister-in-law was like like oh can you help with the redecorating in the living room because Erica's got a knack for that so th- mm-hmm. so they went in and they were doing that <clears throat> and I was sitting in the car while Cooper was sleeping so I'm like I'm like ah, whatever I'll get my phone I can do like a million things and it was Monday right. it was Monday and it was a holiday here but of course it wasn't a holiday anywhere else so I had a million emails to check anyway so right at that moment uh my old boss from my like years ago job who's also a developer he texted me and he goes he texts me and he says is there any reason that a website wouldn't a form submission would work on the desktop but not on the iphone and i was like huh that's an interesting question i don't think so i don't think there's any reason why that would be but so i'm like thinking hmm Maybe there's, you know, I don't know what desktop browser he's in. Maybe there's, like, uh, maybe there's some kind of cross-domain thing happening. Like, is he is he posting it to a different site or, you know? Yeah, and,
1: is there some, kind of, some kind of hidden form that's not getting populated on mobile? Or, yeah,
0: know. is there an iframe in there? And, and I was like, is there any JavaScript validation that maybe is running differently? Or is it an AJAX rec- Ajax form submission? So, so we're going back and forth on... Uh, on sms like i'm asking little you know real quick little questions and and it's he's and it's sounding like it's it's, so the the page is like complete php spaghetti code Mm -hmm. and you know i couldn't see it he sent it to me but it was you know he's like on line 675 there's a i was (laughs) like yeah i don't have line numbers on this text editor on my phone so i'm gonna have to like take your word for it so we go through the whole thing. I'm like, check check the Apache error logs. Oh, it's IIS. I'm like, oh, God, I don't know where the IIS logs are. So, you know, look around and see if you can find any errors in the IIS log and send it to me. He's like, it's 250 megs. The error log is <laughs> 250 megs. So so that's
1: I, what happens when you have hundreds of lines of PHP spaghetti code.
0: Right, right. Oh, dude, it was like, so I tell him to, I, I text him. I go, add this line at the top of your code, ini underscore set display errors true right mm-hmm. so then i load the page in my browser it's like i'm gonna say there were like two dozen undefined variable warnings and i mean there's a million things going on yeah meanwhile the page was like to say that it wasn't designed for a mobile screen is is like the understatement of the century So I I mean since we're if I was on the phone with him I would have slapped him I would have sent him I would I would have signed up for bitch slapper and sent him like a (laughs) which we should talk about later yes we should but uh, I was like dude no one should be running this on an iPhone anyway because to submit the form it was like it was like three forms deep like he goes click click on this link okay great and then once you get to that page search for this okay I search for it okay now scroll all the way down. (laughs) <laughs> and fill out the form at the bottom which had like three pop-ups it was like a date pop-up and a category and then fill out three or four required fields fill them out with this data and then submit it and you're like i mean it was like i'm like who tested this on an iphone yeah yeah like
1: no one's ever gonna do that on an iphone
0: no so so i was like you know i was like if you know if i if he was sitting there i would have had my shoe off and i would have been hitting him in the head for the you know undefined variables and like no one should be on an i you should just put a big, big responsive design at the top that says if you're on an iPhone go away, yeah, because that's basically <laughs> what your design is doing. Yeah. So okay, so the point of going through all that, other than to bust my friend's balls, is to is to say that the whole time I'm thinking, it's not, it has nothing to do with the iPhone. I I typed. I typed red herring like 10 times in the SMS. I'm like, it's not, it's not mobile Safari. There's something else going on. There's something in your PHP code because PHP code, you know, for the dear listener who may not, may not be a server side developer or maybe not even a developer. The PHP is like all the, all the stuff that happens in PHP, it doesn't happen on the client. It never can happen on the client. It's all on the server and it does whatever it needs to do and it doesn't return PHP you know, it returns HTML and CSS and JavaScript at the most, right. you know. So, so I'm asking questions. So there's like no way the browser should never matter. No, no. Right. It wasn't that your reaction to when I mentioned yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. The browser yeah, we, can't matter.
1: It doesn't, it makes absolutely no difference.
0: Right. It could be a static HTML page. There's like no. So, so, so I'm I'm thinking, are you, are you sniffing the user agent on the server side? I'm trying to think of anything I can think of. So, and, so the, and the basic behavior is what you're doing. It's like some kind of ticketing system where you, <clears throat> you're creating a service request and you, you know, the, the date you put in the date that the service needs to be done and the type of service that needs to be done and, and special instructions. And you, you know, attempt to <laughs> zoom in and tap on the submit button. And so I'm going through it and I, I, I was, I was stumped because there was no JavaScript validation on that particular form. There was no user agent sniffing on the server side. Um, and he was he was sending me all sorts of like oh well when I submit it from the iPhone then this variable is undefined and that variable is undefined and so of course you know when the data comes in obviously he's writing it to a database okay
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he's going the records not getting created in the database so I'm like no is you know I'm like what could it be. So I finally, I'm like, send me a link to the page. And he, and that's, that's when he walks me through this whole process of like on mm-hmm. my phone. He's like, you know, search here and then go there and fill out these information, blah, blah, blah. So I go in and uh, the first field in the form is the date. So I tap on the, the date pop-up and much to my surprise, and I it shouldn't have been surprised because I knew this was possible, but I didn't expect it from this application. Mm-hmm. I get a, I get a, uh, a true date pop-up on iOS so it's not just it's not just a select dialog. First of all, it wasn't a plain old text field, and second of all, it wasn't like some kind of jQuery date picker or Google yeah. date picker. It was an actual iOS three segment picker where you know I you I get three distinct um, you know like slot machine sliders. Yeah, where yeah. I pick a month. I pick a day. I pick a year. And I was like, wow he must have actually used a date input there. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. You know, like of all, of all the things to do. <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and as unresponsive and, and unaccommodating as this design is.
0: Yeah, somebody picked input type date. in yeah. this like, this, like uh, 1990, circa 1995 design. So I was like, oh, wow, that was really interesting. That was unusual. And like in the back of my mind, a red flag went up. And so, you know, go through the thing, I submit it, and sure enough... You know, you know, I couldn't tell by looking at the interface if no record was created in the database, but I could see that no record was returned to the web page, so presumably there was no record in the database as well. Yeah. So I go, I'm like, I couldn't get the date thing out of my head, so I go, I'm like, do me a favor and add in, like, like, like you know, print R, the post variable, and compare the date format on the desktop to the, oh. the same, right? That's what it was. Yeah. So, so the the, the iOS date picker sends the date in a format that was unexpected yeah that, that didn't that failed field validation in the database and so like like boo on my friend for not even checking for a database error yeah but but that's what it was and there's no there's no so because he changed so i'm like all right so that that's probably he's like the date format is different i don't know what the date format was i didn't yeah. i didn't check I didn't get a chance to check that yet but I said, change it to a text field, and then just type in the date in the format that you're expecting. Also, booing my friend for not scrubbing the input. (laughs) You know, I mean, this page was a disaster. So yeah,
1: did you try and drop a table while you were in there? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's that? What's that cartoon?
1: Uh, the XKCD like Bobby. Bobby drop table. Robert Robert drop table users. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, so here's yeah I. I would have, but it was a FileMaker backend. Yeah, so there's like no way to do an injection on FileMaker because it's not even smart enough. It's not even powerful enough to to accept some kind of rogue code, (laughs) which in a way is kind of good. So it's not robust enough. It's not robust enough to be hacked. Security by lameness. <laughs> so sorry to my FileMaker friends. I have a lot of FileMaker friends, and I do like FileMaker for what it's good at, but it's not good as a web database backend. Yeah. So anyway, um, so the uh, so that's so it was true. Like I had been saying all along. I'm like, no, 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 it's a red herring. It's a red herring. It's a red herring. It's not the iPhone. And sure enough, it was. <clears throat> you know, it was like a a culmination of a lot of bad code and mm-hmm. and a sig a sig i think that's a significant difference I, I i need to read up on the uh the i wonder if you can set a format it kind of it, it kind of blows my mind when you think about it how complicated it must have been to implement that yeah because what is locale like uh, are there locale settings there must be
1: yeah i mean does it does it come up and choose a format based on Based on your, like, a, I get, like, the interface format based on your location, but at the same time, the, the format that it, that it submits, you would think would have to be different. Yeah, like. Because, how... like, for instance, PHP does not support, um, like, day, month, year. Day, month, year? Format, like, like, the, like, PHP's. Oh. Uh, like the string to time format and what have you hmm. doesn't there's it does some some commonly used like formats for writing out dates uh, php's string to time function does not support
0: mm, that's interesting because that's what i told him to do i said i said wrap i go do a date and then format that you want for the database whatever the valid yeah. thing is and then string to time the incoming value yeah and it did i again i didn't check and see what format it's it I'll bet you. I'll bet you that iOS sends it in as like an ISO formatted date string. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, that like, would make sense. Well, like, what are you gonna pick? You're right. I I was I'm like, or maybe like a timestamp, like a a, a vcal or an ical timestamp. You know, like that yeah. date thing with the T and then the time after it. I don't know. It's 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 funny because you think like like boy, there should just be a date picker and when you really start to think about it it's a nightmare of Yeah, that's a, that's like,
1: actually a complicated little element there when you think yeah, about it.
0: Yeah. But, you know, I mean, obviously you should be scrubbing his user input on the server side, but it is a, yeah. I mean it's a I I can imagine I'll bet you that will bite people. So, it was uh I was pretty I thought that, that was <laughs> And, like, how like how awesome did I feel when I, I solved this totally crazy bug over SMS <laughs> while yeah, my kid was sleeping in the car?
1: While your kid was napping in the back seat?
0: Yeah. Where do I send the invoice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that parachuting in feeling. It's so cool. So, I, I love that. That was a good one. So, I'm going to do a blog post about that. Like, I'm going to go and, like, actually see what the formats are. I, I'll bet you yeah. anything. I'll bet you anything. Because Apple, you know, I I knock Apple a lot for business practices and stuff, but they do generally do a pretty good job with implementation. And they seem to be stumbling lately, but whatever. Um, But it would be interesting. I'll bet you that date, uh, input type date, I wonder if it supports other attributes like, uh, you know, like locale. Format or locale. Yeah, Yeah, acceptable formats or the submission format. It has to be addressed somehow. Either either it sends it yeah. in some globally recognized standard format or
1: Or there are other parameters you can pass. Yeah. Other attributes you can set.
0: Yeah. But man, I would not want to be a browser vendor. Can you imagine?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Oof. So that was fun. So that was my that was my Monday. <laughs> nice i was like sweet bug report
1: (laughs) yeah i actually got excited when my javascript broke a few minutes ago i was like yes i can talk about this (laughs) it's like when i
0: when i used to be a songwriter i used to be a musician like go around and try and sell cds and stuff like that yeah and for the dear listener cds were like these like reflective round four inch wide Mm -hmm. The physical five and a quarter actually were they i don't know how yeah. they were. yeah physical storage anyway <laughs> uh and it would be like it was kind of bad because you'd be in, you'd be i'd be like breaking up with a chick or something or like the, you're getting dumped and like the back of your mind you're like oh this is gonna be like i gotta write this down this is gonna be great I gotta get a song this about gonna be this, good yeah. so i told that's a perfect title even when you'd be talking you'd be like like a friend would be telling you some horrible news, you'd be like, "Oh my God, that's a sweet title <laughs> <laughs> it's awful it turns that's, you in... that's really morbid, oh, it's awful. it turns you into a jerk, yeah, hold that thought I gotta write this down.
1: hang on, hang on, can you back up and start over here?
0: yeah, here's a kleenex could you yeah, just
1: go go back to the part where your friend died <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah yeah yeah, oh my God, uh... so. Yeah, so it's less morbid when it's our, our own inf- and bugs inflicted on ourselves.
1: Yeah. yeah, you could start writing songs about them.
0: <laughs> that would be really, really sad and depressing.
1: <laughs> I don't know. No, you know the whole the whole no. geek music thing. It worked all right for Jonathan Colton.
0: Is he the Code Monkey guy? Yeah, that is super hilarious. But it would, I could not go there. I'd rather write children's songs which I previously always looked at as a as a cop out. <laughs> but now that I have a kid I see that it's not a cop out at all. It's actually my favorite like now if I was going to go back to songwriting it would be mm-hmm. kids music. And you write songs for Cooper? Oh yeah. Yeah, or just kids in general because they're yeah. so they're so raw. Like little kids are it's kind of like they're tripping all the time. <laughs> like they're just getting raw everything yeah filtered through like sensory overload constant yeah. it's like no wonder they're crying all the time the kid's having a bad trip yeah you know there's just like, no processing it's it's full on pure raw sensory input
1: yeah and and from from like a foot two and a half or like a foot and a half two feet off the ground
0: Hmm. yeah with like 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 with two dogs walking around that are bigger than him
1: yeah like your dog your pets are at eye level
0: yeah right like that's not scary (laughs) so and they're constantly licking me like i'm delicious so you know you can imagine someone freaking out once in a while yeah (laughs) so if you can write songs for that mentality you're basically you're golden like that's to me that's that's where to go Nicki minaj has the adult thing nailed she can like the all the computer like I, I don't I'm not into the computer stuff music wise. I'm not into the like programming songs. But anyway, yeah. tangent, big tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Tripping toddlers and Nicki Minaj.
1: Yeah. And giant eye level canines.
0: <laughs> One time not to, I'm gonna I'm gonna I can't get off of this. This probably won't be effective in, without a visual, but mm-hmm. At a certain stage of development that Cooper's now passed, his head was so huge compared to the rest of his body, that when he would reach his hands all like reach your hands all the way up. Imagine reaching all the way up, as far as you can reach up, and barely being able to touch the top of your head. (laughs) That's how big his head was compared to his body. Can you a matchstick walking around? Yeah. Or a plunger. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: it's probably a better like lollipop.
0: Right. How could you not be freaking out constantly? You can't even reach the top of your head. <laughs> so
1: my head's too big and I have really short arms. <laughs> where are these where are these dogs looking down at me?
0: Yeah. All of my facial features are down in this quadrant way down near my chin. I've got this <laughs> giant dome. Anyway,
1: And I've never seen any of this before. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. This is all normal, <laughs> apparently. You know, so I can't, uh, it's no wonder you have no memories from that time period. It's a good thing you don't.
1: Yeah, actually, I, my earliest memory goes back to when I was 18 months old. Really? Yes, and it does indeed involve, involve my giant head. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah well only only in that I took a took a dive head first off of like a four foot tall 4 foot, four foot deck and mm. face planted the concrete
0: oh yeah I was hoping you'd say grass
1: no No, it was it was concrete
0: mm it doesn't <laughs> have a lot of give concrete
1: no no I, I, if memory serves my face had a lot more give mm. than the concrete did
0: yeah. <laughs> Ouch! And you remember it? I remember it. Yeah,
1: that's that's all I remember from that age, just about. But I'm told I was 18 months old when that happened.
0: Mm. Yeah, I have. Actually, it's funny you mention that because I have a very early faceplant memory. Also, still have a scar from it. Wow! So, anywho. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can you tell it's late at night
0: yeah seriously can you tell i had three beers yeah. so there was one thing <clears throat> since i since i want to definitely get this out before friday i don't want to like go mm-hmm. on as long as we usually do so yeah uh because the the uh, editing process can be pretty protracted i have to listen to the whole thing like five times but uh which it, you know it's enjoyable but i'm a little pressed for time yes so, but there was one, there's something I wanted that's been sort of gurgling around in my brain that I don't think I've uh, I've talked about explicitly, but ever since BDConf, which was like, I think, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. three weeks ago, I've really been thinking a lot about um, the importance of smart content and like getting your content squared away. And I, I, I've always personally, you know, I've been saying for you know a year or two and we've been saying it here that it's like it's like get your content squared away output agnostic content in the database with metadata so that clients can act accordingly you know so the content can go out on its own and fend for itself basically
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then you set yourself up with APIs so that any kind of anything can easily interact with the content or your services yeah,
1: I've seen APIs growing a lot, like a lot of interest growing and up springing up around APIs. Yeah, big a time. Lot more lately,
0: big time. I mean, when the federal government starts mandating APIs, you know that it's mainstream. Yeah. So yeah, no doubt about that. I'm seeing like I, I, I probably everything I'm seeing is probably from you, uh, you know, like sending me links and stuff. But like there's there's like API sites now that like talk about you know APIs and how the best practices and like yeah, um, directories and it's great. I think it's great. It's like it's like the semantic web. It's what the semantic web wanted to be, mm-hmm. uh, but I, it might even be. I'm not. Sh- I I hesitate to get into a uh, qualitative discussion of whether or not it's better or worse that it's APIs instead of semantic web because, you know, that's kind of a religious debate. But it's but the fact that it's happening is awesome. Yeah. One way or the other. Um, so, so, and then mobile first. So it's like the, the, my three things first mantra is content first, API first, mobile first, which is sort of a, sounds like a paradox, but really it's, it's really not. It's like three different things you have to do first in different categories of your, your project or your development initiative, whatever it is. And, and I, I admit that co- I always saw the content thing is kind of like, well, that's not my problem. I'm a developer, but you know, you have to do it, but I do not, it's not, i don't care (laughs)
1: yeah yeah just like just send it to me when you're done
0: right yeah so here's the database do you enter it Uh, but i've been thinking about it a lot more lately um partially because uh, i hung out with karen mcgrain who's like complete zealot in a good you know in a good way about uh content and and getting ready for the sort of wireless future uh and every kind of wacky um use case that you can imagine your data flowing into you know data has to flow like water type of thing i think she's the one that kind of came up with that uh and and um anyway so it's partially it's partially hanging out with karen and it's also redoing my blog because i you know i've been getting questions about like okay okay great you know we, we it makes sense that you're saying we should not have like you know br tags in our cms right that's obviously insane you know if you're if you're thinking about this and you're thinking about delivering the same content to even just desktop and mobile phone putting a br tag in the content is an obvious indication that you're not getting it but it's but then you're like okay okay i get it i i need to do output agnostic content so how do i do it
1: Right, because what happens when I need an image in the middle of my article?
0: Yeah, or what happens when I have a call to action? Yeah, like buy now, like how does that, where does where does that exist in a non-HTML environment? Right, you know. So if 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 I ha- you know if I haven't beaten the dead horse enough, what I what I'm talking about is like you know not every environment. Never mind not every environment's not going to have javascript of course but lots of environments don't have css and also lots of environments can't even render html yeah so if if a particular environment w- doesn't render html what do they do cuz html is famously not um uh you know strictly xml or valid right. xml so like how right. right so like how do you parse it if you're
1: yeah, a... you you can't you can't all I know is you can't use a regular expression.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cause then you have two problems. I, I had I was thinking I had what's that quote? It's like the, the internet quote of all time. And if I got a tattoo it would be this. Oh. Something like it's something like every once in a while I have a problem and I think, oh I can solve this with regular expressions and then I, and have, then two I have two problems. problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm. It's so funny, but it's so true. So anyway, so the point is, you know, it's it's not, and there's no, I don't think there's a silver bullet. I don't think there's some like simple answer. But I've been thinking about it a lot because you know people ask me, they're like, "All right, great. I I can't put br tags in my database. I can't put HTML in it. But what do I put in there?" Yeah. And I, and I think the answer is, I think the answer is structured data. In a very unhelpful way. You know the answer is structured data, but then the the other the next question is like, okay, well, how do I structure it? Yeah, and I've I've got I'm having some like I think on the one hand I'm writing a book in uh, an XML grammar called DocBook, and DocBook is like it's like a superset of HTML of XHTML, but but if if like Strunk and White came up with HTML. You know, it it like has affordances for every kind of thing you would ever have done in print, Mm -hmm. footnotes, indexing, 10 kinds of lists, uh, a a million things that you need when you're doing like when you're writing a book, you know, and you need to um, uh, uh, not programmatically, but when you need to declaratively, you know, set up a, a book that's sort of. That can be styled separately from the content. Right. Um, And so I was like, so, you know, I'm actually, I was actually at BD, talking at BDConf and somebody said, well, what format should we, like, why can't we use uh, HTML? And I was like, it's not that you can't use HTML, it's that it's unrealistic to use HTML. Yeah. Because it's not, it's so, it's too easy to write invalid HTML. It's just not pragmatic right like if it, if you could if you could trust that the people who are doing data entry into your cms could write valid xhtml then maybe i'd be cool with it
1: yeah but it's it's so easy to
0: yeah it's yeah, too...
1: like, like write bad html and and be able to get away with it
0: right so so then i said so i said that's what i said and that was sort of met with nods and i said honestly you know maybe the format is is docbook And some guy in the back of the room goes, "No!" (laughs) (laughs) He literally was like, "No, God, no, please." Yeah,
1: I was, I was um, actually, I was talking to Josh at my my friend at Mashable. Yeah, and they they've just recently released, uh, I guess, their first ebook, and he was saying they had it's just like a major headache with
0: it. Hmm. Really?
1: Yeah. I I think it was. Um, I guess it was the specifically for the getting the Kindle version, which I don't know if Kindle uses DocBook or.
0: I think they're EPUB, or they might have their own. They might have their own Amazon proprietary format. Yeah. I, re- I recently read up on this, and there's like it's kind of like um, it's kind of like uh, video encoding. There's three popular ebook formats. That are you know I think one of them I think EPUB is the open one sort of a generally used one but the kindle one's different and since kindle's so popular it's kind of the de facto competitor Mm -hmm. but so what like what did they did they do you know how they were authoring the data like was it in xml and they were trying to
1: i don't know i don't know we didn't we didn't get into it enough to to really go into the details i think
0: yeah, like the like <clears throat> the book that I'm the, so I'm doing this book and like DocBook is perfect for it. It's it's a little bit of a learning curve, but mm-hmm. it, do, it does everything. Like it allows you to it allows you to say like you could create a code example, and then there's like an XML like that includes grammars for or tags for um, putting like bullets in like numbered bullets in line in the lines, so you could say. Uh, like here's your, here's your code example. And then it has a little like one at a particular point and then a little two at a particular point and a three at another point. And then you click on those and it goes down to like a step-by-step walkthrough beneath where it says like, like one. Oh, here you can see that I'm chaining together, you know, uh, event handlers in jQuery or whatever.
1: Right. Kind of like, kind of like linking to footnote.
0: Exactly. Right. And, and, and all of these, and and you need that stuff when you're writing a book. It's like, so when you're, if you're writing a book, then you're like, wow, you know, there are really a lot of ways to represent data. Like imagine a recipe, you know, a, a, yeah. a recipe that was going to be, or a cookbook that had full of recipes that were going to be um, output as a couple of different ebook formats that don't, that, uh, well, I guess some of them do render HTML and CSS, but I think some of them don't, I, I don't, I'm not really strong on the, the on that side of the fence. But um, I know that some of them don't support HTML. Mm -hmm. So you have to worry about that. And you have to worry about, um, you know, going to the web and potentially going to print. And, you know, maybe you have to convert everything to an XML format that you can import into InDesign. So there are all these different places where your content could potentially go, you know, for a cookbook that are reasonable but uh, are going to be laid out differently. And and you don't want to – and you want to be – like I was saying before, you want to be able to make one – one change in the source. I almost want to say code, but it's source content and have that push out to all of these, uh, these formats.
1: Right. Yeah. Create wants publish everywhere.
0: Yeah. So it's like, it's like the, the notion of the, you know, where's the truth? Where, where's the, where's the database of record. And in this example, we're saying the database of record would be this doc book format. And if you're, if you're in design, you know, if you're printed, printed, copy that was created from an InDesign version is wrong that's your fault because the you know the content is right and you just didn't open up the text box large enough to show the content there's like a formatting error right so so that which all of that is just background to say um, like that's what led me to say DocBook because it's such an all-inclusive um, grammar it's very uh, mature Mm-hmm. And it has pretty good. There's pretty good um, support with validators and tools and all these different things. But it's totally unrealistic, right? It's like the the reason why the guy in the back of the room cried out, you know, is because no one's ever gonna do it right. It's it's beyond power user.
1: Right. Right. The, yeah. I mean, it's almost it's almost too. Like there's just there's too
0: much. It's, it's too. It's too, too complete. Detailed right yeah it's too complete for 99 percent of the stuff you're gonna do yeah so these start so then i'm like so i'm like well i mean really should we should we pick a format that is useful for a book which if you ask me well i don't want to say this is another you know inflammatory comment but like like pick a format why pick a an xml format that's based on creating content for a originally in a way that's useful on you know physical printed paper books like the reason pr- right. paper books look the way they do and have the format they do is because of the constraints of the medium
1: right and we don't we don't have those now so why force ourselves into a format designed for that
0: right and i'm not saying i'm not i'm, I'm not saying that i even think physical books are going to go away you know like like radio didn't go away when tv came around and tv didn't go away when movies came around and i don't think that physical paper books are going to go away for for a very long time mm-hmm. they're great for certain things <clears throat> but but why would we pick a digital format for pr- pro- probably primarily digital output based on the constraints of a physical medium it doesn't seem like a good choice so anyway so thinking about that i'm like what the pragmatic choice to me to cut to the chase is markdown because markdown gives you gives first of all you can learn markdown in like five minutes yeah any any yeah. any like moron could accidentally learn markdown right and <laughs>
1: Like any, any moron can just about accidentally invent Markdown.
0: Right. <laughs> I, I'm sure Chairman Gruber, Gruber will love to hear that. Well,
1: no, I didn't mean <laughs> it like that. I just mean, like it's so commonly, so commonly used that I mean, like I'll quite often just be making notes in a text file and I'll make a list and oh, it's a text file. I'll denote it, denote my list items with with asterisks or dashes or whatever. It's like oh, right. this is basically in Markdown.
0: You accidentally write it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's the genius of Markdown, like like John Gruber, basically not basically giving it, not giving in, but like being like, this is good enough, this doesn't do everything, tough, you know, it's it's genius like that yeah. that like it's kind of like when the the authors of the HTTP spec were like, it's we're just this whole thing, this whole internet thing is going to be best effort. There's going to be no there's going to be no um uh uh quality of service guarantee there's going to be no um uh what do you what do you call it uh digital signatures there's gonna be no it's just we're going to do our best to get all the packets to the other Mm -hmm. end and if they don't make it then we just need to make the network better so that they make it more often (laughs) right and that was a radical concept at the time Like, we're not going to check and make, we're not going to have, like, a receipt that, like, okay, yeah, all the, all the, a checksum, that's what I'm trying to say. We're not going to have, like, a checksum come back so that we know that our message was received. No, no, screw it. No,
1: we're just, you know, we're going to put it out there and and hope for the best.
0: Right. That was a radical notion at the time. And I think Gruber is kind of, kind of did the same thing with Markdown where it was like, you know, this is, this is good enough. All that other stuff doesn't matter. You know, if somebody wants to, if somebody wants to do all that other stuff, they're, they're an edge case and they can do it with some other, with 10,000 other, you know, things. Right. Uh, So I'm like, I'm really, I've been, I've been sort of in the back of my mind. I'm like looking at different situations and I'm like, would Markdown work here? Would Markdown work here? Would it work here? What are the limitations? And um, there's still the, the inline images, as you brought up, is still a consideration and, Calls to action are still a consideration, Mm -hmm. but I've found myself. So I'd be interested to hear what you think about this. I've found myself when I'm writing posts, doing it differently now that I'm doing them in Markdown than when I used to do them in WordPress. And one of the big things that I'm doing differently is that in the past, I would go, you know, I'd write, I'd write the whole thing, I'd write the piece, you know, once every couple months when I blogged. And anything that was in there that I could link to, I would link to. So if like if mm-hmm. I mentioned your name in there, I'd link to your Twitter account. If I if I you know if I mentioned John Gruber, I'd link to Daring Fireball. And if I mentioned Markdown, I'd link to the syntax. And I do it all in line. Right. And I don't do that anymore.
1: You just put put a reference list at the bottom of the post.
0: Exactly, because of because that's the way we've been doing niche. Because there's nothing to link to in the text of niche. Yeah. And in the niche like. In the, the little blurb about the podcast, it's just like an intro that, you know, basically shows up in the feed readers and on iTunes. And you're not going to link there, really, because that would, you know, the feed readers, maybe they're not going to handle it. Maybe they are, but I don't even want to worry about it.
1: Yeah, and, it just it doesn't make sense, to in the context of what we're using it for.
0: Right. And so I'm like... and. I, and so, here, so what I've noticed is that when there are no links in the main body of the article, it's much easier for me to read. Mm. Because I'm never thinking like, oh, I need, to cl- I need to remember to come back and click on that. Yeah. Or I click on that and open it in a background tab. And then never get to it and I have like 700 tabs open.
1: Like... And then you come back three hours later. Like, why is this window open?
0: Yeah, I can't. Where did this come from? And there's like an yeah. interstitial ad. There's like someone trying to get me to fill out a survey before I can see the page. or Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? Click. Close. Close. Yeah. So I don't know if it's... Uh, so I think it's a, It's. a. Uh, it's interesting to me because I think that not unlike responsive design, I think that there is... A, an interplay going on between the, the storage format, uh, at least for the content on the content side, and the actual writing style that that I think if you if you use markdown for this, it's better if you write like this. for example. As yeah. it, it's what, so it's kind of like saying uh, it's kind of like saying for for responsive web design, um, what's what's the design example? So like sometimes it's really hard to render, you know, uh, a a particular page design with like HTML CSS and JavaScript. But it'd be a lot easier, and it'd be a lot easier with Objective C or Android SDK or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, I'm dealing dealing with that a bit right now. So like tabular data, for instance, like tons of tons of table data on mobile.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not as easy. So there's there's like so, but you're like, okay, I can do two things. So let's just, I'm just going to make up an example where okay, I came, I'm working on a design and I, I'm trying to decide, here's the design. It's delivered to me by the, the designer. I'm the developer. And I need to decide if I'm going to build it as with, you know, HTML and distribute it as either a web app or a phone gap app, or I'm going to do it with native code for all these different platforms. And there's like, 30 screens and one of them is like impossible to do in html if i can go back to the designer and say is there another way that we could do this one screen so that i could do it with html so i don't have to go through all this other trouble or is this absolutely the only way that this can be uh, visualized and because there's probably another way to do it that would work with html i don't know about your case but i'm sure there there are cases where that is a possibility yeah. So my point. Yeah, and being, I, I
1: think in our I think in our case there there are other ways too. I'm just not sure that they're better. But okay, anyway, continue yeah, on. Point. I I get I totally get your point.
0: Right. So so I'm kind of it's the same kind of feeling, and that has a whole bunch of political ramifications, and like like business process, and you know who's in charge of the design, and blah blah blah. But uh, on the 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 content side, it's kind of like the same thing, where Markdown can't do everything. Um, but it can do a lot of things and if you, it, but some of the drawbacks, in fact, some of the, the drawbacks of output agnostic content in general have to do with what do we do about hyperlinks mm-hmm. and what do we do about inline images? And if I'm saying, you know, if I can turn that around and say, well, you know, you look at virtually, like every, every, well, not every, but lots of blog posts. You'll see lots of blog posts and they'll just put an image at the top that, that that sort of has... It's like some stupid stock image they got off of Flickr that has like something to do with what they're talking about. Yeah. But it's not anywhere near... It's just not... It's not like... It's not critical. Not, it's not essential to the... Yeah. It's not a figure. It's not a chart.
1: Right. It's like, what do you do with it? You leave it out.
0: Yeah, just leave it out.
1: And right? if, you've got a, if you've got a figure to reference, well then, you know, you reference your figure and you put your figure at the end of the article.
0: Yeah, so... So, right, right. Like, that's a, that's a possibility because then if you render it, I mean, you get into this thing, like, does the is there anything in, of value in the article without the images? Because there will still be places where you can't render an image. And, put to, you know, like, then you have to ask yourself, should this post, can this post exist in any way without the images? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like the difference between, uh, uh, you know, a, first you've got the difference between a background image that's decoration. And a, a content image that is referenced directly in the design, like here's a chart that I'm referring to in the text. And you know, it, there I don't I don't know. I mean, there's no it's. It, I guess that just needs to be figured out, like on a case by case basis. But from I know for my case on my blog, I it's pretty rare for me to put images in a blog post. And if I did, then it's like how am I going to do it? I'll, I'll probably what I'll do is is put them is write the article make my point and then have mm-hmm. like reference links to the bottom of the article to refer to the the images and i'll probably write the article in a way that doesn't that that doesn't um necessitate the image like you can still read the article without the image or maybe just the the uh the alt text from the image
1: right because it's it's not like you have to have to have to look at the image as you're reading the article to understand to get the context hmm. yeah you're you're not not doing it like a you know I don't know like like the image is this just there for reference and you can draw useful information from it later if you want to, but it's not essential to being able to, to digest the content of the article.
0: Right secondary content so it's it's like it's i see it as progressive enhancement like the image is progressive enhancement for the article for the content mm-hmm. and and if if dear listener you think i'm totally being stupid about this and like making a big deal out of nothing imagine if we have a you know a screenless computing environment where you know because you, right now it's like oh well where, where don't images render like where don't they make sense and imagine you know imagine like um, Imagine an audiobook of a of a book that had pictures. Like can an audiobook exist of that? And I guess the author or the publisher has to ask themselves does this make sense without the pictures? And if yeah. yes, then you know, or maybe this is a, it's an upfront decision. We're going to put pictures in this book, like Harry Potter has pictures at the beginning of every chapter. And oh they're co- great, cool, but can the can there be an audiobook without those pictures? Of course. But could, um, you know, like a, uh, like a, like a medical journal, like a, you know, burn victim medical journal. Yeah. You're not going to be able to
1: get, right. You're not going to be able to get a medical journal without pictures.
0: It doesn't make sense without pictures. It doesn't make any sense at all. So it's like, so I think, I think that's just an editorial decision. And like, okay, can this, can this content exist without, you know, is, are these pictures progressive enhancement basically? And if they are. Then write the article in a way that doesn't make it dependent on, you know, don't say, you know, don't refer to images with like, you know, this or that and assume that the picture is going to be the next thing on the page. Right. You know, like the following photo, like that's a bad way to write it because you don't know the photo is even going to be there or if it's going to be directly following. Right. Right. So I don't, I don't know. I'm doing, I don't, I, obviously I'm just sort of like fishing around in the woods looking for some kind of fishing around in the woods. That was a terrible,
1: <laughs> what well, was the title?
0: What is wrong with me? I'm just fishing uh, around in the woods. Beers. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, but I, I totally get what you're saying though. Cause it's again, I, and I think I've, I've kind of mentioned it a few times. And I don't think I've maybe not expressed it as well as as you've done in your drunken ramble <laughs> but, but um, it's just it comes back to like a tendency to over design things
0: uh, yeah <laughs> totally yep yeah it's I, I'm there's there's a bit it's a mindset thing it's, it's like a mindset yeah. thing that that if people so it'll happen. Here's when it's gonna happen. Here's when it's gonna like everybody's just gonna go. Oh, is when when you know if just as as a made up example, if earpods, you know Apple earpods, they get Siri and a Wi-Fi connection, all of a sudden everybody's CMS is gonna be useless. Yeah, because it's gonna be like you can't, you know, it it's not all of the, all of these millions and millions of blog posts that would be perfectly fine if they were slight authored slightly differently to not refer um, like directionally to an image that they that they know is going to be laid out in a particular way or is dependent yeah. on some kind of cuz most of these like you go to the verge and like maybe like i by the way i love the verge that i don't like nobody's doing better tech than those guys it's so uh, so awesome but tons of they have tons of articles that are teardowns and they have, uh, you know, hands on art- articles, and you need pictures there because that's the whole point of the article, right? Right. So it's almost like in their CMS, they need to tag those as as uh, screen only.
1: Yeah, as visual.
0: Right. So there's your there's your metadata around that article. It's vi- it's a visual article. It's screen only. But then they'll have like like uh, like I just read Josh DePolsky's iPhone five review. You don't really it has a lot of pictures but it doesn't really need them because that's yeah. not what you're going to that article for
1: right you're going there to, to read the content read the review and in, in a review pictures are nice but they're not necessary
0: exactly so they could tag that article with like audio or visual mm-hmm. so that that in the in what I promise everyone is the near future we're gonna be able to like stick a, a head well, one single headphone in one ear and be like Read me my feeds, and yeah, and it'll just pull all of the it'll pull all of the feeds that have, and it'll just filter out all the ones that require visuals, and it'll just read them to you.
1: Yeah, or it might tell you like, okay, you have six other titles that require visuals, kind of.
0: Yeah, read anyway, yes or no. Yeah. It gets back to the whole accessibility thing, you know. It's like
1: yeah, I was just I was just gonna say that it makes it. You know, it's it becomes an issue of accessibility, and it's I mean, it's not just about forward-thinking Internet of Things connected devices. You know, it it um at the same time it also addresses a big accessibility issue with existing technologies in terms of things like screen readers and 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 you know text text to speech translation, all kinds of stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, I think what I think what will happen is that there will be an editorial shift to like, it'll click with people. Like when they're writing an article, like, oh, I can't, I would never say, you know, it'll just become like a, a style, like what's that? Like, like what is drunk in White? I already mentioned it once today for some reason. It's like, yeah. it's like, it will just be like, uh, that's the way you write. Like you, yeah. how, you would never refer to something directionally inside of a, a, a I don't know what to call it, a post or an article or whatever because you have no idea, <laughs> you know, because then you're like cutting yourself out of a whole bunch of output because it becomes visual only.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, there's always going to be situations where you need, where you'll have content that needs to be visual only. Sure. But a a very, very large chunk of the internet does not need to be visual
0: at all. Oh, Yeah most i would you know it's like with in fact i'd say it's like the the a large majority they obviously have things like youtube and tumblr and Flickr, but in general i mean like the whole you could have
1: all you could have all of wikipedia read to you
0: yeah i mean i've i've actually i I thought that would i I think that'd be a cool startup like like audio wikipedia just get a bunch of -of out-of-work actors and they just, you know, people would say, oh, I want to read this. I want to read this, like read this later. Yeah. And then it goes to, you know, some, you know, whoever, anybody that they can they can read.
1: Yeah. And like if, and you know, like Patrick Stewart tells you all about, like <laughs> reads the Star Trek article to you.
0: Right. And th- oh, that would be even better.
1: That would be. <laughs>
0: and then and then it's cash. So the next person that requests that page, it's already recorded. So like every article only needs to be, ever be read once. Or every time it gets reviewed. I suppose Wikipedia is kind of a scary one because then it yeah, to I be guess kind of is
1: because of all the revisions. And actually, I feel I feel that was kind of feel that was a little bit disrespectful to Sir Patrick Stewart. I would just like to say that maybe he would be better suited to read the Shakespeare articles, and we can have I don't know, like William Shatner do do the do the Trek articles. God! <laughs> oh
0: my god! So I don't know. It's like. So I've been thinking a lot more about the content piece of the three things first, because it almost to me, it's almost the bigger one.
1: Yeah. And we've kind of ignored it as sort of an afterthought.
0: Right. Right.
1: Just because we're not the ones producing it.
0: Right. And it's more of a I mean, like I said, it's like more of an editorial. It's less of a technical thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's more of a it's like how do we figure out this workflow but that's the so that's the genius of markdown is that it's trivially it's you're accidentally writing markdown half the time and anybody can do it you can put it in anywhere there's tons of tools built up around it to convert it to different formats there's even like a meta format like multi markdown if you need to do something a little bit more complicated yeah uh, like for power users that really want to go nuts yeah it's a tabular data kind of thing yeah yeah exactly but it's a great general purpose um at least in english i mean i don't know i I don't know how it translates to other languages but um you know but obviously english doesn't translate like i don't know i don't i don't know what the i don't know what the internationalization angle is but but uh you know, if you're just doing like paragraphs and lists and block quotes and uh, some links and some maybe some images and links, um,
1: yeah, and you can you can totally, you know, you can do code.
0: You can do code, um, you know, emphasis. It's like all of the, it's like it's basically like a a rich text editor. Yeah. Basically, but without the without the mess that art you know rich text is RTF. So I don't know. It seems like a. It's I, I. would think that a lot of people and you know, someone would argue like, oh well, yeah, but you're gonna lose a lot of the expressiveness of the printed word. And i are like, I don't argue that at all. But at the same time, you know, let's be real about this. Are we gonna teach doc book to everyone? Yeah. And do we need to worry about the printed word? I don't know.
1: There's there's a very big difference between writing informational text and writing literature.
2: Hmm.
1: And I feel like, for, I mean, you know, I like, I like, I'm fine with reading a, a blog post or a news article or something in Markdown. I, you know, you could you could argue that maybe Markdown's not the best format for Hamlet. For Hamlet? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hamlet in Markdown. Wait, well, you, actually, you know, I was thinking of was T. S. Eliot. Oh, yeah. You know, like, poetry is probably not a good fit for Markdown. Yes, it's. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's, like, it gets into the whole thing of, like, typesetting. Like, does typesetting matter? Of course it does. But, you know, like, like you know, like, what are we going to do? Are we going to have, like, a, a doc book grammar that has typesetting rules in it? That doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah. No, it does it... Like a lot of a lot of these things, you know, we're still. I think people are still still thinking of it in co- in terms of printed, like a printed media.
2: Hmm.
1: And yeah. you you do lose some things when you when you go to an all digital format. Like there is there is some some in of sessions. that expressiveness. Some of that expressiveness is lost. And I mean, even even with the web, like we're getting decent. Decent type, decent typography now, and you know, there's a lot of things we can do in terms of typesetting for the web and and creating you know an expressive, immersive sort of web experience, but it's it's never going to feel the same as sitting down and and flipping through a book,
0: or a magazine even. It's like, or
1: yeah, right. So I mean, the format's already changed. It's just this is just another step. You know, that's it's not necessarily any better or worse. It's it's just different.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's you, you, there are concessions to be made for the for the you know you gain a lot by going digital. A million times yep. search, never mind, never mind, never mind the fact that we don't have to print all this paper. Search alone is a huge benefit of a, of a digital medium. Mm-hmm. But there's a, a bunch of other awesome advantages too, and yeah, you lose you lose some things, but it's like, you know, it's so tonight we were you know. You know, two parents with a two-year-old just dropped the kid off at at grandma's house. Like big night out, so of course we went to Target. <laughs> and so we're going we're going through Target because we had to buy like a little tiny three-ounce thing of sunblock so that we can go through the TSA with our carry-on. Right. And we're in the. Um, Eric was like, "Oh, I need head. I don't have headphones. I need headphones." So we go into the sort of like the the that aisle and we're looking around and she's like "Ah, the regular ones don't always fall out of my ears so we're looking in the 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 non-standard headphone area Mm -hmm. and they've got these like you know beats by dr dre i don't know if you've heard of these things but they're like um dr dre released like a whole line of of a variety of different kinds of headphones got this big display there with like a like a big huge Bose speaker and like these different headphones and stuff i'm sure i've had head head ear cooties now but uh (laughs) so we're trying on these headphones and they've got these little like little ones they're like not in ear but out out of ear headphones but they're on your ear not around them and then they've got the the Mm -hmm. big like dollars ones that go around your ears like like recording studio headphones right and so I'm like, oh man, I haven't used the, you know, I'm a musician. I used to record tons of stuff. And I always have these like big, huge Sony headphones, cans, like we used to call them. And uh, so I put on these Dr. Dre things. and And when I tell you that the bass was eye-popping, it was like I was sitting in a movie theater and this utterly immersive musical experience that sucked me out of the target like magic. <laughs> it was like I, I, I couldn't it couldn't possibly have been I couldn't possibly have actually felt it in my chest but it seemed like I felt it in my chest yeah and uh I'm never gonna bu- I'm never gonna buy them and I'm never gonna wear them because they're too big you know what I mean it's like that's great you know what I mean and there's probably people mm-hmm. who are gonna like use those they there but that is never gonna be a mainstream thing people are gonna use earbuds because they're convenient, you can stick them in your pocket. They're 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 not as good. Yeah. In 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 the most important way that you could imagine, headphones being used, the most important feature you would think would be sound quality, but it's not the most important feature.
1: No, the most most important feature is convenience of use.
0: Right. Hence markdown. That, and the, that's the that's the analogy I'm trying to make.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And to point out that we're super lame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. Like I said, I want to keep this episode short. <laughs> 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 uh, I can't shut up. I'm such a jackass.
1: It's one of those nights. Yeah. Uh, yeah if, if, only I had, if only we had bitch slapper up. Oh my Send God. send a send a bum over.
0: Exactly. We should probably I don't we want to even like broach that yet. We'll talk <laughs> well let's that leave that as a teaser for next week. We'll talk about yeah. bitch Slapper next week. We
1: can, we can get it up by then.
0: Exactly. Get a new startup idea <laughs> <laughs> for developers. Yes.
1: Particularly the disgruntled
0: ones. Exactly. Alright, I bet I get we gotta shoot this one in the head. Yeah. So I can hope to get it out by Friday. Alright gang, that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark.
1: I'm Kelly Shaver.
0: We hope you join us again next week for Bitch Slap on the Niche Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> See ya.
1: Bye.